three, two, one. Here we go. Starving Artist, Volume 6, with the one and only Joseph Jonkis. Jonk's been my, uh, an old friend, uh, very successful coach. I'm not going to lie. Jonk has been killing it in the coaching scene, and Jonk is... Uh, Jonk is uh, is into it. He's uh, he's on his way to uh, being you know a pretty legitimate coach. He's he's doing all the right things. He's he's uh, he's been in the football game for a long time, and uh, I'm happy that he's here. Uh, before we start, though, we have to read the uh, we have to read the sponsors. So, everyone, Starving Artist Volume Six is brought to you by Quaver. And Quaver is a new online platform designed for private music teachers, and was designed to take the administrative, time-consuming clutter out of running a private music teaching studio. Too much of a teacher's time is wasted chasing down payments, organizing a teaching calendar, building an online presence, and finding new students. Quaver will help with all of that. On Quaver, you can automate receiving your lesson payments from your students, seamlessly organize your teaching calendar, and help yourself find new students with an easy-to-build studio webpage. Along with the automated lesson payments, Quaver wants to help provide music teachers earn more money, because when have you ever heard a music teacher say, I earn too much money? Never. Quaver will reward teachers with a 1% bonus on their total annual teaching revenue that is processed through the platform. Essentially, Quaver pays music teachers for using the platform to enhance their income. Quaver is free for teachers to use. We are passionate about building the Quaver community, providing a seamless online experience, and to enhancing the, the lives of music teachers and students. It takes as few as three minutes to set up your account and to get started, finding your students and enhancing your income. We at Quaver look forward to welcoming you into our online community. Quaver. Let's make music together. We're good to go. Joseph Jonkis. Hello, hello, hello. Joseph Jonkis. Jonk is a very old friend. Bonjour. Nice very to meet you guys. <laughs> <laughs> the one with Marco two weeks ago has the most views. I think it has 28. 28. Ah, we gotta get that up. Twenty eight on anchor. Twenty eight. Twenty eight on anchor. Call, hey, I'm calling it out now. We gotta get it up. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty eight on anchor, and then like I think he has like seventy on YouTube. On YouTube. Seventy on YouTube. Well, what about uh, Facebook likes? Do we get any likes uh, or shares on that? I got a couple. I have a couple, but it's all like right, just people right. kind of tuning in a little bit. All right. Figuring it out. But, just find uh, out. Need that link. Get that link. Yeah, out. no, we gotta get the link out. We have to get the link out. We are. Uh, we here <laughs> with Jonk, everybody. Uh, his name's Joseph, uh, Joseph Jonkis. Um, everyone he knows calls him Jay. Yeah, it's weird, but it's okay. And uh, when he met, when he met us, for some reason, the nickname Jonk stuck. And I've noticed yeah. that anyone with a nickname of one syllable is, is a pretty good buddy. Yeah, they're usually the best. <laughs> I don't know anybody that has one syllable nickname that isn't fucking. Yeah, it's not. It's not the standard ER, you know, er on no, the not, end, yeah. or it's not the the Y on the end, E, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, it's, it, it's it speaks junk. for itself. It's junk. <laughs> it speaks for itself. When you're out with junk, you're going to have a time. It's a quality brand. <laughs> <laughs> junk. Yeah, junk is a fucking brand of human for yeah, sure. a little bit. Uh, junk's here today because he's, uh, he's, he's actually, he's a pretty established coach. Um, he's done some shit in his day of coaching. He's been coaching. What you coached high school? Yeah. So I, uh, so I've coached high school. I, I was the offensive coordinator for my old high school this past season. Um, but uh, I nor I primarily coach um, in the uh, the OFC, mm -hmm. uh, the Ontario Football Conference. Didn't wasn't there a big shakeup? Yeah. So um, there used to be the OFC and the OVFL. Mm -hmm. I played um, in the OVFL. 
Yeah. Did you play in the OVFL? Uh, I did, yeah. I played for the Oshawa Hawkeyes in the OVFL. Okay. And then you played for the Sault Ste. Marie Sabercats. Sault Ste. Marie Sabercats, yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> there was these two leagues, and they pretty much had all the rep football in Ontario. And they decided to create a new league, the OPFL, the Ontario Provincial Football League, which is a very good under- a good idea. Um, and then the whole idea is that they're going to tier the teams. Now, um, I think they've had... Two two seasons. The OPFL said two seasons, I believe. I think so, yeah. Um, but uh, so the there's there was still the OFC uh, and the OVFL. So what ended up happening is the OVFL teams all merged into the OFC. So I think that we gained eight or nine teams mm, this okay. past season. Yeah. Um, which is great. You know, it's great uh, competitive football, and it's better that there's only a smaller amount of leagues, right? Now, I think the idea is for everyone to merge in the OPFL. Now, I don't know how soon that's going to happen, but in a perfect world, um, we're all in the OPFL in different tiers. But um, at the current state, I've been coaching uh, OFC football. And uh, and you played in there too, didn't you? Uh, I played in the OVFL, yeah. I played uh, one year junior varsity for the Oshawa Hawkeyes and as well... Uh, year in senior varsity for the Oshawa Hawkeyes. I believe that to be the 07 and 06 and 07 season. And you were fortunate enough to be a OUA athlete. Uh, Yes, I played uh, for two seasons, the uh, 2010 and 2011 season for the uh, York University Lions. Ah, so you're... Now... The name of this podcast is called the Starving Artist Podcast, and how you, <laughs> how you fit in, okay, is that you are also um, an inter- technically you're an international football coach, American football, not yeah. soccer, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> technically, Jonk is an international football coach. And what Jonk did is he uh, he came he, well, he's from here, he's from the the GTA, and he ended up packing up and heading over to Europe. Now, like the OU, it's, it seems like Canadian football, Canadian university football. A lot of kids, a lot of guys end up going over there, over over to Europe to play football. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think so. You know, either from the player's standpoint or from a coaching standpoint, um, there's a lot of, uh, so they call it American football because you always got to make sure that you know you're talking about the right mm-hmm. one. But uh, they've got a lot of American football over there. Now, they've got a very uh, smart system uh, through the British American Football Association and, uh, you know, they have it uh, tiered out very well for guys that are like they have the Premier League and then they have divisions underneath that. And um, they have uh, very well structured uh, bringing American football to uh, the citizens of the United Kingdom, um, you know, in, in a way that allows them to learn in safe environments. And it's it's ironic because in North America, we begin playing football at the ages of eight, nine, ten years old, and we're done around high school, but at the age of 18, 17, 18 years old. Now, a lot of those guys in the UK that are playing ball, they're not starting until the ages of you know, 17, 18, 19 years old. So they play well on until about the age of, you know, 27, 28. So they so they start at eighteen and they go till twenty eight. Yeah, and uh, because of that, I think because their bodies are more attained to contact sports, potentially playing rugby at a young age, or um, you know even playing soccer, 
I think they uh, they have a little bit more longevity and a little bit better understanding of what football is. Now, I know at a young age, a lot of the fundamental things that we learn, uh, you know, they stick, but not all the time. There's a lot of other things going on in our lives from the social aspect when we're younger. So I think uh, at that older age, they can kind of take in more of the understand of scheme and... Uh, the knowledge of football IQ and that actually benefits them. And I think that they get more longevity and actual more, more knowledge through football as a sport by doing that. What's the, uh, what's the popularity of American football over there? I, cause I've known there's been a lot of people that we've played with and um, I know a few people that are over there starting businesses and things like that in, in the umbrella of American football. Um, what is, what's the UK, uh, I guess Europe in general, what's the appetite for American football over there? It's, it seems to be fairly strong. I, I know, um, I coached with a guy, his name was Chris Powell's and he was telling me, uh, back in the day, uh, you know, seventies, eighties, it was super popular. Everything. American football in the eighties over there? Eighties and nineties was seventies, eighties, nineties. You know, it really picked up and it was really popular. And uh, he was telling me uh, it wasn't up until, I think, the two, 2000s where, uh, you know, English punk became a little bit more popular than the cheerleaders and beer and like uh, soccer hot hooligans. dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, was, it was more, they took more pride in their own. Now, up until then, there was a lot of money put into uh, bringing over American football players and they would, you know, give them uh, a good wage to come play for their teams and all that. And I think in, in turn actually bankrupted a lot of the organizations because they were putting so much money into bringing imports over. Now, I still think there is a, a thirst for American football over there. Um, I was in the southwest of England, so I, I actually coached the, uh, the Bristol Aztecs, and we were in the Premier League, and that was like a semi-pro men's league. What, could, what would that be comparable in, in North America, um, I guess? Like arena? I, I want to say, it, it for age category, at least it's above CJFL. But I kind of want to say CJFL. It wasn't paid. Mm. Guys had opportunities to make money um, from that, though. You know, we've had uh, many players uh, play internationally, you know, from the United Kingdom. And they would, you know they would be given a job and a place to live and, uh, you know, some sort of stipend. But um, it was uh, more or less the guys were doing it for the enjoyment of the game. And, uh, you know, a lot of them had a lot of passion. There was uh, very passionate fans, a, a, you know, a couple coaches, very passionate. You know, you could tell that they would thrive in a North American uh, football um, atmosphere compared to being obviously in the United Kingdom. So. so they were like, so if they were to come here, the best, let's take the best players in Europe. Let's take the best players in your league. Would they be able to, to hang with the, say the best players in Canada here? I think because of the age, they would, some of them would be able to go into um, CFL training camps and compete. Oh, I, CFL. Like, yeah. Oh. Like it's, I wouldn't even say That's because, big. because they're not, um, they're not kids. Yeah, they're so, older. So yeah. it's, it's hard because you think of the university, 
what most kids graduate at the age of 18 years old from high school. They have seven years to play their five years, so that would make them 25 years old. Some of these kids were 27, 28, 29, some even into their 30s and talented. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're athletes. And, you know, they're athletes in their own right. That Yes, they've played other sports and they could be involved in athletics or... uh, say like like a contact sport like rugby but remember they don't have they don't have hockey ice hockey over there they don't have uh, a big a basketball uh following so most of their sport if they're playing a team sport they're probably playing rugby or they're playing soccer and realistically what it looked like was the soccer players were the o and d skill your wide receiver dbs and your rugby players were your linebackers, running backs, O line, D line. So that's and they could all kick. Yeah. So so that was something like the the kicking game became oh okay we've got a couple guys that can do this compared to North America where we actually go to the soccer fields to try and find a kicker. So you guys had an abundance of skill positions. Then. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, a lot of guys, a lot more athletic. It's uh, I almost say. The, the most athletic position is, uh, or not athletic position, but athletic sport, I, I personally find to be um, Australian rules uh, football. What? Okay. Is that the one that's played on the circle? Yeah, they play on a circle. They kick, <laughs> they kick it through upright. They run, they run around in a circle. To be honest, I don't even understand don't, the game. That's what I mean. But I no when you look, at the, you look at the athletes. Yeah. They're all very tall, very muscular, but lean. They have very good cardiovascular uh, um, strength in, in their type of training. And uh, it, it's the all, to me, it's the all-around uh, best sport. Now, you know, everyone can argue anything else. But uh, to me, like just watching them, you know, they've got good hand-eye coordination. Uh, they lift each other up to catch balls. So, you know, you know, they've got that power to lift another human being up. They... But the thing is, is, they keep going. They run around. There's not too much stoppage of play. Like, so for me, I, that that's personally uh, how I I I see that. But um, you know, once again, everyone's going to argue their point. Who is the most athletic? Uh, that most most athletic sport. So yeah, and seeing it, what kind of coach were you over there? What, like, what did you what, um, what did you coach? So I coached. Uh, I was a special teams coordinator. Mm-hmm. Um, and I worked as an offensive assistant and I worked primarily with the running backs because you were a running back. Yes, I was. Junk was, uh, was a running back. <laughs> yes, I was. was a running back in was his a day. Sh- short, stocky. Every, everyone always asked me, were you an offensive lineman? No, man. And I was like, nah, I nah. wasn't tall enough for that. No, I was like, I was, a, I was a bowling ball. I played uh, tailback and fullback, uh, primarily. So, so. For anyone out there who's thinking about going, because a lot of guys go to Europe to play. Like, it's crazy how many people end up going, which is like you should. If you're young and you're able to and the playing career is done in Canada or North America, like, I guess try. A lot of people do it. Um, how does the coaching style differ? Uh, how, how different is the coaching style over there then? Um, I find that they, they focus primarily on uh, fundamental aspects of football, um, you know, teaching uh, very... Uh, what I, I guess what I'm going to say is primal, um, you know, just the basics. You want it, you because they don't have an understanding. It's not like they've grown up playing that when they're nine, ten years old, learning how to tackle and learning how to block. So, the uh, this the the actual way you teach is a lot more leveled, and you want to 
break it down and break segments in and you know you're doing a lot more part work i find Mm, um you know also too you know like for us um because you know they're they're not children they're grown men so they might have work conflicts they might have uh relationship conflicts they might have uh you know, other things they have to worry about because it's not, uh, this isn't a kid that mom and dad are dropping off to you. This is, uh, this is someone that has a mortgage and has like two a kids at home. Man, and a wife. Yeah. 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 Real people. Like real. So humans, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's, that was, uh, very different for my coaching. Cause I'm used to coaching, uh, you know, 17 to 19 year olds, you know, they're just finishing high school, you know, the, you know, the better ones are getting looks at universities. So you're focused on, you know, telling them, uh, you know, what's best for them, you know, and, but now dealing with, uh, you know, a grown adult, uh, it's very different in that sense to interact with someone and, uh, you know, you coach them up just like you would any other athlete, but you know, there, there's a little, I feel like there was a little bit more respect. Now I think that well, might, they're older, I feel like that cause they're older and, and they have like real life, real man, responsibilities yeah it's a little probably a little different than teaching yeah. some kid who's yeah 18, who's, you, know, you I mean? know mom and dad are just paying for them to play just yeah. because it's keeping them active these guys are genuinely wanting to be there now i do i do think it helps i was from north america mm-hmm. um just you know having the experience that i've had and the years of playing and the years of coaching and all that like i think that definitely helped with the buy-in like my my uh running back group we had the best attendance across the team and uh, that was when I was there and when I left. I left after week two. I was, I was there primarily the entire offseason. I helped with recruiting. Um, and then uh, we were doing uh, offseason team activities. Uh, and those, those went great. And we got a lot of turnout for that. And, uh, but when we got to the season, I only actually got to coach two games, which is a little bittersweet. But at the same time, it was still a good experience uh, Still great experience for me to take in. Yeah, no, totally. I agree with that. That's got to be dope, though, to coaching in a whole different continent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a strange feeling. We played one game at London. We played the uh, London Warriors. And then at home, we played uh, the London Az- or, sorry, sorry, uh, the London Olympians. And, uh, you know, the one program is very established. Like, I know... Uh, I believe his name's F.A. Obata. I think he's with the Carolina Panthers right now. But he uh, he played for the London Warriors and uh, through a program through the NFL, which is reaching out to Europe to find players, um, he was brought on as uh, one of their, uh, like an extra roster spot. Um, so, and then the whole idea is he gets to learn and, uh, you know, he can make the roster. If he makes the roster, he makes the roster. But the whole idea is that they can bring on one extra player on the roster so they can experience what it is uh to be in the nfl and to train with them and eat with them and study with them and that's crazy man that's crazy because you're 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 in europe already and american football is like it's growing it's growing there right that yeah and you're good enough there that you end up getting a shot at like the the best league on the planet yeah and um Alex Jenkins is a perfect example of that. He actually played for the Bristol Aztecs, um, and he was from Bath, which is uh, another town in uh, England. And he ended up, uh, you know, playing for the Aztecs, and uh, he kept with it. And I believed he played at Austin College. 
I believe, I believe uh, Austin, College in, I don't know. in, in uh, Texas. Oh, okay. So he's yeah, from, so he okay, so he came Texas. over. No, no, no. He's from England. Yeah, but he played and he ended up doing well enough that he went over, over uh, overseas to the U.S. and played. Um, I believe it was Austin College, and um, you know he uh, did well enough. He kept with it, and and he's been on the New Orleans Saints for the last two years. Oh shit! So he's stuck. Yeah. So uh, he was. They were the first. Wow. I believe the NFC South. Yeah, was the first NFL team to bring in this bridge program, and they all got one extra roster spot. And uh, there was a couple other guys, a couple of rugby players, but uh, Alex Jenkins stuck, and uh, he's been with them for at least at least two two seasons. So, did you ever have to coach against or with him? No, no. So he would have been on our team. I I never uh, had the pleasure of coaching while he was there, but. Uh, you know, uh, he was brought up in the Aztecs organization, and uh, he seems to be the crown jewel for them. Mm. But uh, I bet he would be. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. NFL man, that's nutty. What? Um, so while you were over there, like, what did? Obviously, you're coaching with. Did you ever coach with anyone there? So, say a head coach. Let's say, did you ever coach with anyone there who was in charge of a of a big program here? Um, no, I didn't. Uh, they seem to like be kind of, uh, guys from the region. Um, all, like they all had knowledge. They had been going to clinics and all that. Um, but no one that was from over here. The only person that was over here was, uh, one coach I coached with in Bristol and he was, uh, originally from British Columbia. Oh, so, shit. um, and I believe he played his minor league. Um, in British Columbia before moving to the United Kingdom. Yeah. Um, and uh, he was very much into football. Like, you know, I, I keep in touch with him. And, uh, he, you know, he, he's very passionate still about, you know, CFL and CJFL yeah, and yeah, all yeah. that. So it's nice to see that. And, you know, they enjoy it. But uh, never coached with uh, anyone that was uh, really from over uh, North American way. Like no one that coached like a D one team, no, nothing like that. Now there, there were very, um, uh, very smart coaches over there. Um, so where we trained out of, we trained out of uh, the Filton uh, Academy of Sport. Oh now, shit, where's uh, that? Where's so that? that's uh, that's a part of Bristol. Oh, okay, cool. So we trained out of there, and they had the best facilities around, like uh, you know some of the best facilities in the country. Um, you know, and they had proper, uh, proper turf fields, um, on like, I believe the fourth generation turf fields and they as well had a couple of three G, um, which were great to train on. Wait, what do you mean? What do you mean by, uh, third and fourth generation? Turf um, fields? just how they make them. Oh, um, just, uh, they've, they've moved the, pro- uh, the process of how they make them. So before they were, uh. They, they, they seemed very artificial and now they've moved to the way they make the pellets to hold the field together yeah, and all yeah, that. Yeah, it yeah, just, yeah. so they just rank them that way. But, uh, so long story short, they've had, they had the better fields in their area of the country. Mm, okay. So, uh, and then they, you know, we had little areas where we could hold meetings and, uh, there was a weight room there and, uh, yeah, a very good uh, field. But anyways, the, uh, the head coach there, uh, Ben Harrod, um, you know, he was a very, he's a very smart man. And uh, he just actually took over the head coaching uh, job at the Bristol Aztecs. And he's uh, planning to merge them together. Um, you know, and uh, they they have, uh, you know, the Filton, Filton Pride is what they're called. And they have the best players in Europe. 
and they play they play uh they could play team uh the the dutch team or the french team or whatever and uh they play all these big games and uh they go around even to germany and uh it's very interesting you know it's pretty much uh prep school prep school level as far as yeah so a lot of a lot of those kids some will will stay in the country and they'll play at universities uh in uh in england um, which they have the uh, it's called Bucks Sports. It's a British university university college sports, and that would be the equivalent of U Sports here. Yes, or CIS. Yeah, yep. fucking U Sports. Yep. Yeah, U Sports, the new brand. So uh, that's what they are, uh, you know, primarily about. And you know what? I th- I believe this is the first year that they're coming in to actually play Bucks teams, but generally they play other national teams. Oh. Um, so it's it's a high, very high level of football, and there's a lot of traveling involved with that. Yeah. Um, but you know they've got a lot of people coming to them. Likewise, they go to a lot of different places. I believe they went to France and Germany when I was there. Um, just even you know, like my school calendar year that I was in England. So, uh, um, it it you know very interesting. You, you see how different other like you know the, a player might just have the body and you know you, you start teaching them the te- technique and fundamentals of football and then they really take it take it for a run and uh, I think that's why they they they're starting to put more guys out yeah there's got to be there's got to be good athletes over there there must be yeah there there is there especially is. yeah especially guys who like have played soccer their whole life those guys like you said most of the soccer players are what DBs receivers yeah so more more uh, finesse more finessing good footwork um, very, very good reaction skill. Um, we always talk about agility, um, and you know we, we throw the agility ladder out there, and you think, oh, so this guy's good at uh, running the ladder. He must be good. Well, we have to remember agility is based on um, our actual skill um, to decide. So you know, you know decision skills. Um, you know if someone's in the hole, you got to pop out right really quick. But you can't tell your body to do that any quicker than it realizes it. So mm. even if you're looking for that, even if you're looking for the cutback lane, let's say as a as a running back, you, you're not necessarily going to have that if 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 your body doesn't react in that uh, fast twitch fiber. Just you, your neuromuscular ability changes and makes you change that direction. Yeah, we we can always practice. There's different types of agility. You know, you might you might know uh, when you have to cut, but you don't know where. Or you might know where you have to break, mm-hmm. but you don't know when. There's, there's all these things, but when you're actually playing the sport, it's as much as you move, right? So, you know, you, you, you oh, someone's in the hole, you gotta pop it real quick. Yeah. And, and that's great. But, you know, your body's gonna react the way you can, you know, via, you know, your brain. And sure, yeah. Every, everything, yeah, yeah. right? So, um, it, it becomes more, okay, well, it's great um, that you can, uh, you can be a great athlete, but can you react? Football is very react. We, we practice uh, plays over and over and over. It's the repetition of just understanding what you need to do in that instant. And some players are really good at that, and they can react. And, you know, that's why you have a big play on, uh, on, a, um, on a certain uh, designed route or uh, designed run. But there's other guys that might understand everything off the field, but when you get on the field, they can't react like those same players, and they just won't have the same outcome. What, uh, so over there they play American football. Yeah. Like American rules yeah, football. Yeah, four downs, yeah. Four downs, 100-yard field, 50 yards across, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the types of offenses that you guys run over there, 
that's pretty similar to what like an NCAA offense would run. Like it would be pretty comparable. Yeah, usually they run a lot of single back. Um, when I was there, they ran two uh, two backs. Um, now they uh, they normally didn't have a very good uh, rushing offense. So this past year, we really focused on that, and they had a much better uh, rushing offense. So I think that moving forward, that benefited them tremendously. Um, now, uh, our quarterback, we had a little bit more of a mobile quarterback. So because he was so mobile, um, a lot of the offense catered to him and catered to you know what his skill set was. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I think... Uh, I think everyone benefit, benefited from it, um, you know, even because the running backs would have a nicer game. It would be a little bit easier to get the ball out to the racks and uh, go from there. Now, I'm going to talk about something that we both are very familiar with, old junk. <laughs> We're going to talk about, so obviously concussions. Yeah, concussions are huge in the game of football these days. Um, before we get into our shit, when you're over there in Europe, uh, do they take, is it the same level of seriousness? Do yeah. They, do they take it as far as, as North America yeah, does? Yeah. So, uh, concussions, you know, it's on everybody's mind. Um, <coughs> excuse me. That's fine. I'm just clearing up a cold. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they take it, uh, very seriously. They're same idea. There's a return to play, uh, protocol, um, you know, uh, they're very good uh, for having very good athletic therapists on all their staffs. That's something I noticed. Everyone seemed to have three or four athletic therapists with all their. Um, Are they paid over there? Yes. Yeah. So they they would get a stipend. You know oh, what I mean? Okay. Um, yeah. Not sure. I'm not sure exactly how much it was. I think it might be uh, about four or five hundred pounds. What's um, that? Like a thousand you know, bucks a month? Yeah. About. Well, no, that's for the season. But yeah, oh, it'd, be, okay. it'd be about a thousand Canadian. Okay, for the whole um, season. For the whole season. But I mean, at the end of the day, that's a fair chunk of change that everyone would uh, not mind to have in their pocket. No, it's not bad. You're right. Especially if you're an athletic therapist over there, which would probably be really good. I, I feel like being exposed to a different game like that over there could be good. That could be a pretty good experience for sure. Yeah, like uh, we had two girls uh, that were uh, from um, like like post uh, post uni. In Canada or over, from, uh, over, from, over there, from there. over there, oh, okay. and uh, they took really well care of the guys, and uh, and they're at all training sessions, um, off season and in season. So there was always someone to help with taping, or if someone uh, tweaked something, you know, they were there to help with uh, myofascial work or whatever, whatever yeah. the case may be. So that that was uh, kind of a bonus. That was something that we don't have as much in Canada. I find don't get me wrong. We'll have like athletic therapists or, you know, if an organization is lucky enough, they'll be with the physiotherapy clinic and all that. But well, um, we went to a school that had like, what, what was, wasn't it the, one of the best in the country or something like that? Yeah, I believe so. It was, uh, like your, I think we had, we had, we had, a, we had maybe a great program. For yeah. That. We maybe had like 10 to 12, 10 to 12 therapists on our staff. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, even saying that, you know what I mean? Like that's like, you know, potentially 12 people at once taping somebody. So it makes it go real quick. And, uh, you know, all the all the therapy staff we had were just amazing. You know, just everything that they did for us. So. Yeah, no, I would be over there, too, especially if what you're saying is, is Hundo P, that they had uh, legitimate programs over there. But yeah. as far as concussions go, like over there in Europe, when someone when someone gets their fucking bell rung, 
Okay, is it here? It's almost like sound the fucking alarm. Sound the alarm. You get your bell rung. You sit down. And you go through concussion protocol. And I feel like over there, just because the game may not be as up to date as us, maybe they're there with health wise. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Is that um, something that that was? I that think. Was, I think. I think at the higher levels, there are a lot what, more. On what would it. be the higher levels? Over um, there? So it's it's called the Premier League. Um, so it's it's like the top division. Um, the best teams. There's a North and South yeah. conference. The the best teams in the United Kingdom are, are in that league. Um, now, for the younger levels, we're not younger levels. Sorry, me going with age again. Um, for the uh, less uh, less experienced levels, I think maybe there there'd be a little bit more lenient. Like just in how they interact, because they might not have the support staff. They, they don't have the same resources as the Premier League teams have. Oh, okay. So the mean. lack of knowledge might be just someone picking someone off the ground and saying, "Oh no, you're okay. You're okay. Let's get to the sideline." Compared to the higher levels that might have three or four support staff, uh, you know, that are trainers there that are all going, "Oh, okay. Now we got to go into our protocol." So, yeah. Because yeah. we had we had one uh, trainer who was actually from Spain. And uh, th- we actually went over that numerous times in practice about how we would take someone off the field if they're with- in a stretcher, right? So, or in how to operate the stretcher and everything about that. So I felt like at our level, the, the resources were there. Everyone was very keen on uh, um, making sure we knew what to do when that time arose. But I feel at the younger levels uh, where, you know, football, if you don't know what's going on, it's very easy to get your clock clean. Dude, right? So, uh, because of that, um, there's more of a chance that, uh, you know, injuries are going to happen at the the less experienced levels. Yeah, but we come from a place where, like, I've had, how many have you had? How many? I remember you calling me the one time. I remember you calling me the one day before training camp and you said, dude, I, I got, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know the story leading up to it, but you're like, dude, I've got, I got my bell rung. I've got, you know, a couple concussions now. And I'm kind of like, oh, shit. And I remember that summer you quit or you were done playing because you said, yeah. I'm done. Like, yeah. fuck this. Like, what, what's your concussion history? Because I legitimately so, don't. That's yeah, not yeah, even yeah, a question. Yeah, I legitimately yeah, don't know your yeah. dad. So <laughs> I've, uh, <laughs> I've got about uh, 12 to 15 concussions. Not a laughing matter. I'm, it's just uh, it's, it's how I cope. But okay. Wait, before you start that. When you say 12 to 15, okay? Yeah. When I say concussions, I'm like, I've had seven, but I consider me having three only because somewhere on a piece of paper in a doctor's office it says seven. But I say I've had three severe ones, ones where I've been like in another planet, right? Yeah. You're saying you've had 12 to 15 ones? 12 to 15, and that's coming from my neurosurgeon um, down on, uh, King West in, uh, Toronto, Ontario. And, uh, now I never even thought I had a concussion. Like when, when, like in, in regards to what, like, um, the only time I really knew I had a concussion was when a medical staff member at York university told me now I got two concussions in my first year at York university and one in my second year. And that was, so that's three in the two years that I was at York University, um, which uh, in the medical staff pretty much put me on the shelf um, until I was either cleared for a full year to return or 
you know, I shouldn't play anymore. Um, with my uh, neurosurgeon in Toronto, she was um, very highly uh, credible um, neurosurgeon uh, who looked at my uh, MRI scans uh, when I got them done at Mount Sinai in Toronto. You've had a couple too. Yeah. I've had a couple, but you've had, you've had um, a couple too. Yeah, yeah. So, and the big thing that they were looking for is if I had any brain damage. Sure. Which is a technically scary, though, technically scary every thing. every concussion you get, you get a little bit, a yeah. little bit of fucking brain yeah, damage. But yeah, but they wanted to see, you know, if the, if the the brain was intact, like if there was uh, severe damage um, that was going to last me long, like you know, if I lost any uh, any uh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, can, I guess what control of a part of my brain, you know what I mean? So um, the the results did come back negative. However, the uh, the neurosurgeon was very strict on the idea to never play contact sports again. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, because it was just, I because I'd had so many now, yeah. it was very easy for me to get one. So, what you know, is We learned a stat a long time ago. Wasn't it was, wasn't it, um, so you get your first one, and then what, wasn't there something where like the likelihood of getting the second one increases by like 30%? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's exponential. The more you get, the easier it is to get. Yeah, like exponentially. And, uh, um, and that's when it, you know, obviously becomes dangerous, right? So I, I made the decision after my second year at York, um, you know, not even being able to dress a regular season game mm-hmm. because of my head. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was getting the concussions in practice and, you know, you, you can't do anything about it. Football is a very violent, aggressive game, which is very competitive for putting, you know, there's what was dress roster 47. Yeah, I think 47, yeah, four, yeah. 47. So to get on that 47 man roster and there's, you know, say 90 guys, everyone's busting it. So you, you can't blame you can't blame the sport because, you know, that's just the nature of the sport. Um. But you know what? I got banged up, and you know my last one um, was the the pinnacle, <laughs> the well, pinnacle, what, like the one that, that the one that you said, "Yo, I'm I'm done after." This yeah, thing. that yeah. was uh, just uh, inside run practice. I mm-hmm. think it was a Wednesday or a Thursday. Um, you know, we were I think we were running Queens offense, and I was playing as an H back, and I went from the H back position to the fullback in an offset uh, pistol eye and. Uh, I, I came through the, uh, you know, the, the two hole or a gap, whatever you want. And, uh, I met, uh, a good friend of mine, James Tuck. Hey. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was a dead stop. You know, we just, uh, we hit each other. We both went down and he got up, walked away and I got up and I was walking on an angle and, you know, I, you know, I started walking an angle and then I realized I can't see it on my left eye. And, oh shit! And, you didn't tell me that. No, yeah, I couldn't see on my left eye, <laughs> and uh, I remember uh, who was it, Ian. Uh, anyways, our, our special teams coordinator who was running, oh, Ian uh, has scout, it. yeah, has yeah. It, yeah, was running the O, and he's like, "You, you good?" And I was like, "No," nah. I was like, "I don't think I am good. Nope, I can't see on I'm my not eye good at all." So you know, sent to the uh, AT, uh, and then uh, dealt with it from there, and it was just. Uh, it was a very tough time to try and uh, get back to playing because uh, there was a lot of steps you had to take. And, um, you know, it, it just never worked out for me to get back on the field. So, Yeah, but did you even want to, though? After the, At that point, right? Because at that I, point, yeah. the concussions stack up. Right? Yeah, I think, I think at that point, like, y- you, you want to work towards it, but 
you know, as the season went on, and, you know, we, didn't, we weren't doing overly well either in the season. Um, and as the season went on, you know, you just thought, well, what's the point? What, what, is there a point to come back? Sure. You know, yeah. like it, it became the, you know, we're, we're, like we're not going to make playoffs. And even if I come back, am I a big enough difference to do anything about that, to help with the production of the team? Yeah, at the time we were rookies too. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, even even in the second year, yeah, you know, we went zero and eight first year, went one and seven the second year. But even the one and seven year, you know, we weren't at a point where you could really justify, you know, putting more of your body on the line to do what? Just get through the eight game season. So especially with practice too. Just yeah. only practice because you weren't yeah. you weren't playing. So no, I wasn't. Yeah. I was just getting your head kicked in. Yeah. Every day, so right? mo- Monday to Monday to Wednesday was rough, especially running For, back. Like yeah. You were used pr- like, fuck, using an inside run. Yeah. Things you're, you're, were you're you're a battering ram. Yeah, man. Or you're you're like okay, this is your man. Clear him out. Yeah. Like so, you know the the way you play. You know you you play super aggressive. You have to. Yeah. Um, to survive. And if you don't, you know, you, you shouldn't be there. Right. So, um, yeah, it, it was tough. You know what I mean? Cause, uh, to, to some extent you're a tackling dummy, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. I remember my first one, I was 16, 16 years old. We were playing, uh, the Essex Ravens. Remember them? Do you remember mm-hmm. the Essex Ravens? Mm-hmm. They had Kyle Quinlan. So Kyle Quinlan was the yep. quarterback and they had beaten us. So this, I was 16 they had beaten the Sioux Sabercats that year. That year they beat us 76 nothing. It was the worst loss that 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 team had ever had. But it's Kyle Quinlan, like one of the greatest to ever play Ontario University football. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember our quarter, our starter went down, and uh, he went down with <laughs> he went down with his shoulder again or some shit. I don't know. The usual. <laughs> yeah, and I was backs. I was I was put in, and I was 16 at the time. I just finished. Uh, a high school season of being the starter. I was the first grade 11 starter. Uh, I think the second one in my school's history. So I was all, I was all juiced. I was all fucking ready to go, man. I was excited. And, uh, we were playing the Essex Ravens and I remember it was like a rollout. So we did a rollout and I remember I'm on, it's, it wasn't my backside. It was the front side, but I was looking towards like the sideline or something. So I went gather step one, gather step two about to throw. And then somebody, like picked me up and drove me into the ground and then rolled over top of me. And the only thing I remember is running off. But I don't remember I don't remember getting hit. I don't remember being on the ground and I don't remember the seconds leading up to me getting up. I only remember coming to mid stride running towards the sideline. So, I think I was not I'm pretty sure I was knocked out. Like that was that was it. So, uh do you remember your first one? Like, what was the one that started the whole train of... Because once you get one, like we said, once you get one, the next one is compounded. And then the one after that is compounded. So what was the first one that started the waterfall? <laughs> was it the tuck one? Or no, 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 no. The, the first one was a long time ago. Um, that, this was the first concussion. I didn't know I had it. Um, you know, we, concussions didn't become something we talked about until 2010, which was our first year at university. Um, and that was when, you know, and I say it all the time, like uh, Sidney Crosby got a concussion. He was out for a calendar year. Once that happened, 
everyone started to look at concussions in Canada. And that was 2010 or 2009, 2010, whatever. Um, but that was when they really started to pay attention and say, oh, you know, you can't be doing that. You can't be doing this. Anyways, my uh, first concussion that I, like, once again, didn't know I had these concussions because we did not have an athletic therapist at my high school. So when you got a concussion back in the day, you came out because you got your bell rung and then you go back in in three plays. And that's just how it worked. That's just how it went. It yeah. just, yeah, like it, it, there was no, no one knew there was about no concussions. Protocol. There was no protocol. What was there the protocol no, when we were in high no, school? There was no protocol. They asked you if you knew what day it was and what month it was. That's all it was. And most people could figure that out. Anyways, my first concussion um, I was playing at a rival high school. They had a buyout, you know, um, it was a super important game. It, it made sure we didn't get in last place for playoffs. We ended up winning that game. Um, uh, but yeah, like I, I remember, you know, I had a great game. I, you know, I scored three touchdowns, one on a punt return and, you know, two just rushing. Um, great game. Um, but I remember, I remember coming to the sideline and I was, out to lunch like I, no one yeah. was home the light lights were on but no one was John home. was John was in the left yeah field. <laughs> and uh my coach at the time just told just gave me a toothbrush and he said well if you want to go back in you got to make yourself throw up and I said okay what? okay what do you mean so, make yourself throw up yeah so I you know, went to the sideline like I was went over you know away from people took the toothbrush shoved it down my throat made myself throw up made myself throw up coach was happy i could go back in wait 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 what was the significance of doing that because when i came off uh, i guess i was a little woozy i wasn't I wasn't feeling too hot yeah um now i can't tell you what he thought you know he, he you know what he, he saw of me maybe my eyes were going loopy or whatever but he that's how he decided to deal with it. And, you know, it went make you puke. Yeah. Make me throw up. So I went over, I threw up and I went back in and, you know, I kept playing. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. And then, uh, I well, remember, is that in any, is that in a science book, John? No, <laughs> that you learned. Of? No, no, I, I don't know about that science, but I was gonna say, is that like, is that no. solid? Science? No, I don't think that it has any science. Um, but yeah, so that happened. And, uh, I remember at the end of the game, my head coach being like, and I, I was, you know, pretty loopy. It was kind of, you know, I usually was fairly professional in football, but I, you know, had my arms draped over a couple of people and all that. And uh, I was sitting on the bench and he said, uh, Joe, do you know where we are? I was like, nope. He goes, you know who we just played? You know, nope. Well, what do you know? <laughs> I said, I said, coach, I got 18 points on that board. That's it. That was it. That was that. That was that. Yeah, concussions are fucking scary, dude. Yeah. I uh after that one, so after the Essex one, it was I think we played on a Saturday. It was a Saturday. The next day I felt fine. But then Monday at school, I had to leave early cuz I puked in the bathroom, but I didn't know why. I wasn't sick, right? Wasn't sick, didn't feel much, but I just felt like I had a headache and my fucking neck hurt uh my my um what's it called? My neck was hurting. And I wanted to puke, but I, I, you ever hear, you ever like go on a roller coaster? Yeah. And after the roller coaster, after your head bangs around a little bit, you feel a little like, mm, you know, not, you're not concussed from a roller coaster, but you're feeling a little woozy. That's what it was like the day after my, or the two days after, but it, it freaked me out because it happened two days after I got hit. 
So I didn't really know how to deal with it. And then no one knew. That was in 2006. Yeah, so the, the, no one, no one, no knew one anything. understood, and, and no one was gonna say anything about it, anyways, because he, he, only the highest of people within the medical community were dealing with those. Well, not even that. I just don't think there was enough info about it. There was just okay, you got your bell rung, and I remember even telling. Uh, this would have been in, in May because we were, I was still in, in school. I remember telling my teacher, and she's just like, "Well, go home if you're sick." But I'm like, "I'm not sick. I'm not sick." Uh, and then I, then that's when I went for my first like evaluation of being concussed, and that's where like, and then and that's when the early signs of the time, or however they used the concussion protocol, which I think for me they just did the whole like finger uh, in front of your eye, and if you can follow it, you weren't, you know, you were fine. That's what I mean. Like it was so, it was so elementary. It was so elementary compared to uh, compared to what it was in university. Yeah, where well, you had to do the whole con- uh, concussion protocol. I think my first physical, I told them, I'm like, yo, guys, I have like three concussions, four concussions, like severe ones, testing my balance and shit like that. And, and uh, <laughs> it was just a very interesting experience to, to have that. And at the time, I hadn't had that many. I got my last one when I was playing fucking men's league. Men's league, uh, what's it called? C, uh, CJFL. No, no, not CJFL. Um NFC. Oh yeah, NFC. I was playing for our men's league. At <clears> home, <throat> this man over here. <laughs> this man. I, <laughs> if you guys didn't know if he's a man. I got, dude. I got fucking destroyed. We had a 17-year-old playing uh, left tackle, and we did a rollout play. We had a really good running back, and it was like a fake whatever, fake outside zone, and then you rolled around. And I'm t- as soon as I. Fake the handoff. This seventeen-year-old got got lit up, like picked up, thrown aside, and then the um, the 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 defensive end just came in. And I'm telling you, man, I've never been folded like that before in my life. And I was up against a man. This guy was a man. Yeah. In men's league, probably juiced. Yeah. You know um, what I mean? Because there's the no it's <clears throat> it's prison type. it's prison league football, and yeah. I got fucking planted. And I remember running off, and the kid that got I th- the guy gave him like a swim. It was the basic, like a basic swim yeah. or a rip, <laughs> and the kid ended up on a, on the ground. And he was seventeen years old, and he didn't want to play Sabercats, which is the OVFL team, which yeah. is the year younger, because he's like, I wanted to play in the real league. And I remember hearing this in practice, and I went, "Dude, the OVFL is the real league because those are kids that are actually going to play university football. Yeah, they, they want more. They want more. What you're playing against now is <laughs> you're playing against guys that." Got a <clears throat> got revenge tactics going on yeah. because they're mad at somebody that busted them up, you know, twelve to fifteen years ago. Exactly, they're literally just grinding out so they can hurt somebody else. They're just there to to hurt someone, <clears throat> or they're there to like just crack heads. We were running off, and I was very rude to the seventeen-year-old kid. But at the same time, I'm like, "You're seventeen, man. I outweigh you." And I was like, "What are you doing in this league? You're getting you're like you're getting your head kicked in." But then that was the concussion that made me go, "I'm I'm done now." Because I was sitting on the bench and our hot shot running back, who um, he he'd been playing on this team for years, like ten, I think ten or fifteen years. He looked at me and he went, "Why aren't you in the game?" And like when you have to tell someone that you got you have a con- like you got your bell rung, it's kind of a pussy thing to say. Like remember telling people that you you got your bell rung and kind of people are looking at you like what you know, what the hell? What does that even mean? But when you have a real legitimate concussion. And you know you have one because you've experienced real ones in the past, and you're sitting there, you're having to justify yourself. Like, nah, dude, I can't even see right now. 
it's kind of a pussy thing. But it's not it's not pussy because you've you're experiencing the, the, you know, it feels like your eyes are getting sucked out of the back of your head and you're feeling queasy, but you're not sick and you don't really know what's going on. And to have to justify yourself on the sideline, it, it's 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 sort of it, it's like it's discouraging a little bit. Not discouraging, but it's like it, I don't know. It feels like it's not legitimate, but no, you know it's, it's legitimate. It's it's tough because it's not. You don't have a broken bone sticking out of your leg. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's not uh it's not something that you physically see, right? It, it's it's inside our bodies. It's the brain is obviously inside of us, right? So it's not a superficial injury that you know. Oh, you've got a your your you know you just tore your ACL. We can see that. Oh, okay, you broke your you broke your arm and we can see the bone okay um it's your brain man it's not yeah it's not even like a muscle strain or oh you tore your hamstring oh you uh you know strained a a big um a major muscle it's nothing like that it's yeah it's it's inside of us yeah you you can't you can't just show that and say hey this is this is what hurt You, you know we your brain just doesn't turn another color and shows through your skin and skull like it's yeah and then after that concussion I said, okay, I'm done. But I want to make it very clear that concussions were bad. But at the same time, I I had to look at at my career and go, okay, I'm in my second year. I've got three or four concussions, but I'm not getting hit. I'm not a running back. I'm not getting hit in practice. Quarterbacks don't get hit in practice. So I had to kind of take inventory. And this is when I started working with my camera sort of full time. And I had to take inventory and go, you know, is this something I really want to do? What's going to happen at the end of five years? Am I... Am I going to play at all? Am I going to start? Do I really want to anymore? And it was tough. It was tough because then I had to quit football. I got to the point where I was like, ah, you know, this just isn't for me anymore. I'm not, not interested. University football definitely tests how much you love the game, for sure. So when you quit, and this is something that I like to ask people who have had to quit a game earlier than they had to. When when you quit ball when you had to, did it feel like your identity got ripped away a little bit? Yes. Um, <laughs> to put it to, to, awesome. To put to put it simply, <laughs> yes. Great, wonderful. Um, How so? Okay, so when I found out my football career was done, I was. Uh, but not even <laughs> found out though. Like, wasn't there a part of you that just decided, you know what? Not only concussions. But I'm just not feeling the way that this is going down. Like I'm not really that interested in the game anymore. Or did you quit solely? It, it, no, because no, 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 no. But it, was, it wasn't that for me. Like I quit because medically I was told you can't do this. Okay. Um, like I remember being in the AT room and there's the two of the doctors in there and they're talking to me and they're asking me about my concussions and asking about my uh, daily habits and things along those lines and. They walked out of the room for a moment, and then they came back in, and then they said, we think you should medically drop out of university. And I said, what do you mean? They're like, well, we don't think that you should have been here for the past, you know, five, six months due to your concussions, but all the time that you've tried to spend learning has damaged it more, and now we think you need to take a, 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 like a legit break off of school and uh no more football and that was tougher i find because it wasn't something where i never thought that would be the end of me i guess end of of football yeah 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 isn't it interesting to be told (laughs) 
that, that you shouldn't play a game that you've been playing since you were five? Yep. And for me, it was uh, older. I was 11 when I started playing football. But still, like, it was yeah. one of those things where you're... When you grew you're up like, with it, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You just... Uh, yeah, and then when going back to the identity aspect, mm. like, I, I struggled tremendously with that. And uh, for years after, I, I would say... I'd say about four years. I said four years it took me to actually get over not playing football. Because, and, you know, this is <laughs> getting uh, pretty emotional. We're getting but, into it, dude. Yeah, we're getting this, into now it. This is, but uh, uh, but this is good to talk about because I think yeah. a lot of athletes, especially, <coughs> don't mean to interject, but yeah. let me set it up here. I think because me and you, uh, and uh, there's probably a lot of people that are like this, we weren't contributors to the team we played on. Okay, plain and simple. We were just, I, I was a practice squad quarterback. You you were, you know, you said it yourself. You were practice squad running back being used as a fucking tackling dummy yep. a lot of the days. Yep. I feel like, and maybe a lot of people out there can can interject, and maybe I'm wrong, but this is how I felt, where because we weren't contributors, when we quit and we had to quit uh, early, it almost felt like the identity thing wasn't looked at as valid as someone who maybe went through the system for like five years. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, you didn't play it, play uh, all your years out or anything. I think people maybe looked at it and and went. I mean, it's shitty to say, but I sort of did that too. When guys quit, and it kind of went, "Oh, that guy couldn't handle it. That guy couldn't handle it." And then I had to quit. It was almost like you weren't allowed to complain about it. You quit. You made your decision. You had to do it. You know, you, maybe it was like you couldn't handle it either. And to quit on those terms, it felt even worse. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I, I, I think the big thing is though is that uh you know, you see guys walk away for personal reasons and you see guys walk away for um, you know, eat shit financial reasons. I think the toughest thing with injuries is you don't know how much it's affecting the person in in total. You like know the, what I mean? The injured person. The injured yeah. person, yeah. yeah. Like cuz for me, like I had so many concussions that, you know, I could remember what formation to do what, and I knew how to answer this question. But, you know, daily things became very challenging. Yeah. So oh, yeah. It, it, totally. it, it was, um, you know, it, you know, simple as putting something down and literally looking for it for a half an hour. Oh, dude, even memory. Though, even, even though you, you knew Memory's where you put it. Worst. So you know what I mean? Jesus, like there's, yeah. there's things like that. And then like, I totally understand what you're saying, it, but it's just like, you know, it, it's one of those things you're like, oh, that dude couldn't hack it. That dude couldn't hack it. But, you know, for some like for some injuries, like it's like shit, stop thinking about football. You got other stuff to worry about here. Like it's you know, especially like the, with the concussions, especially. Right. Like it's, you know, do you want your life to be changed forever? Yeah, because very uh, true. you you for lack of better words, you kept banging your head against the wall yeah. instead of saying, hey, maybe I should not do this anymore and then I'll live a better life long term. Yeah. You know? So like I don't I don't ever get caught up on on quitting. I, I look at it like, oh, you know what? I look at my five years and I go, if I maybe would have put in effort, like a hard effort, maybe after seeing the the whole the whole span play out i go maybe in my fifth year i could have maybe competed for a starting spot or backup but in those years in between that it was like absolutely not there was a division one quarterback there and then there was you know decent 
at the quarterback position, I don't care what anyone says in the OUA, in the CIS, whatever. You don't have bad players at quarterback. It's just it is what it is. Yeah. Good, good players yeah. are always going to be a quarterback, right? It's 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 an extension of the coaching staff. It's just good players, even if they're shitty in quarterback standards, they're still better at quarterback than a lot of people are at like receiver or DB yeah. or safety, yeah, right? They ha- they have to be kind of the cream of the crop. Yeah, you, you have to. You you can't be shitty and be a quarterback. So. To, 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 to see my five years, I kind of go, you know what? Maybe if I, I catch myself going, maybe if I would have put in some effort, maybe I could have got on the field. But then the logical side kicks in and I go, yeah, but you know what? If that would have happened, then you wouldn't be doing what you're doing now, which I love exponentially more, which is making shit all day, creating stuff. Yeah. And that's how this all fucking ties into the starving artist thing. But I think that a lot of guys don't look at it logically like that. And maybe don't look at the fact that they could be doing other things. Well, no, you know it's, it's because when we're young, you know, we see what we want to do. Like, I, I, I don't know about you, but like, I think at the age of 13, I was like, I want to play university football. I, I've always wanted to play ball. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely, yeah. So that was your target point forever. Yeah. Like my target, like my target was not to go pro. I don't think. I, yeah, I, 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 no, no. I think a lot of people do want to do that, but. They do it more when they're kids. Oh, I want to be. I want to be in the NFL. I want to be in the CFL. Sure. Yeah. But for me, I like you know, I was in grade eight when I figured out I was good at football, and I was like, I want to play university football. Yeah. Like that is my goal, and I got there, and that was great and stuff. And you know, um, a bit of me is you know sad I didn't get to play in my five years. Sure. Because I, yeah. I, you know what, I think if I I stayed on the right track, I I was you know. I was due to make an appearance in a dress, maybe third or fourth year, and play and get some minutes. Yeah, in, you yeah. know what I mean. Like you even, never know. Even if you're a specials guy, you're gonna you're gonna get some time, and uh, you know I didn't get to live uh, to live that. You know, mm-hmm. and that that was really hard for me. That was really hard. Um, and oh, you know I was, what I mean? I yeah, there. you were there. <laughs> you were there. there. Yeah, like very there, very dude. depressed. You were a different guy back then. Yeah. That hit you harder than I've I've ever. It hit me hard, but I was able to sort. Like I said, I was able to switch gears and do something else. But it hit you. No, it hit some me. It hit, it hit me real hard because it threw my whole life plan off. Because um, life, life plan or young life plan. Young, young life plan. You know, it was. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Um, it was really. Uh, it was really tough because, you know, I, you know, I was like, okay, I'll play four years. I'll get my degree in four years. I'll be 23. Okay, then I'll go to teacher's college and blah, blah, blah. And I'll do this. I'll do that. And then, as I said, like being in that office and having the doctors tell me that school's over and football's over, you literally had someone just end what I've been doing for the last decade. Yeah. Playing a sport. I yeah. was a football player. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? That was the hardest thing, separating myself, not... Being, hi, I'm Joseph. I play football. Being like Joseph, the football player. Yeah. So that was tough. That was the, that was the biggest thing, I think. Definitely some identity stripping, yeah. for sure. Oh, and I yeah. think I think you said I think though, I think you that sentiment is shared with a lot of athletes. Oh no, it is because you, you, what do you do? You, you've uh, you know for the better part of your upbringing, especially high school, I think. That's the biggest thing. You're you're known for what you did. And, you know, if you're the sporty kid for four or five years in high school and you went and played a sport, well, guess what people are going to ask you about the next time they see you? Oh, how's basketball going? Oh, yeah, hey, how's yeah. football going? Hey, how's track going? That's what they know of you. And that's what they, you know, have come to expect of you. And, I, 
you know, I had a buddy who played at a, a rival university and we were first years together and uh, um, he ended up getting cut week five oh. of an eight week season. And, you know, that's very rare. That's, you know, they're going to make their cuts um, after training camp. Um, they'll make cuts in the off season, but for that late in the season to make yeah, cuts, that, is weird, yeah. that was tough. And I remember him coming back and we were having a conversation where we were out at the bar and he was like, I, I don't know what to tell anybody. The only thing people come up to me and ask me is how's football. And I don't have it in me to tell them that I'm not, I'm not playing football anymore. And as this conversation was happening, a, a good friend of both of ours walked up and said, Oh, Hey, how are you guys doing? Oh, looked at him. How's football going instantly? You know, the eyes went to me and it's just like, man, like that's tough. Yeah. And that, that was in our first, that was when we were in first year. So then, you know, take it, you know, uh, a year later, um, you know, when that's the same thing for me. And I remember I walking into Michael Fold's room and he was our offensive coordinator at the time. And, um, you know, talking to him and telling him that it's like, Hey, like I got to stop playing football. Like this is it for me. Like, like injury. Yeah, yeah. Like I, like I, like I can't. I mean, like, not, I, I, I want a ball. I yeah. want a ball. Yeah. And I want a ball for you, but I can't, can't do, do this anymore. anymore. Like it's not, you know, you, I can't. I couldn't. By the end of it, I couldn't put a helmet on without getting a headache. I couldn't even wear the proper piece of equipment. Yeah. To play the sport. Let alone, you know what I mean? Like actually put it on and then actually try and like think and hit people and block people and make reads and, you know, re yeah. read the run design and all that. Like, you know what I mean? Like that was so far beyond me. I couldn't even put the helmet on. So yeah, I remember that too. That was tough. That's yeah, tough. So man. like, and you know what I mean? Like you're like, dude, like can you put my helmet on? Like, and then you, I was pretty much, you know, another red shirt my second year because I, and don't get me wrong. Like I was, I did impact testing. So, uh, it's kind of, uh, testing for your brain, um, online and they take a baseline test. And then if you get a concussion, when you come back, you've got to do either equal or better than your previous test. So when you were unconcussed, so I, I was doing, you know, I was doing impact testing you know, pretty much every day. Yeah. You had a lot of, I, 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 would, I would go into Gorman testing, shore, Gorman Shore, like once a day, yeah, and go into the office and do impact testing, and I did it over and over and over and over. And the one thing that I couldn't get clear to actually come back and play, I couldn't pass my balance test. Mm, okay. I I was already yeah. I already didn't have very good balance, yeah. but once I did the balance testing. The, the, so they would do the balance testing, you know, with feet together, right in front of left, left in front of right, whatever, one foot uh, with left up, one foot with right up, whatever. They would do that testing on this uh, foam board. But after they did the test, they would get you to do all the same tests with your eyes closed. And once I closed my eyes, I could not keep my balance at all, like at one bit. So every time I did the balance test and that was the test to see if I was going to be able to, um, you know, be able to yeah. go out and play, um, I do that test and I couldn't pass it. So the best test is actually what kept me from playing football. Yeah. <laughs> no. Funny enough. Yeah. Fuck. 
So it's tough, man. It is tough to have to. Like I said, I didn't quit because of my concussions, and I hate when people say I quit. Um, like there's a few people that I'm already thinking of that just gets me so upset when they say, "Oh, you know, I, I wanted to go pro, but I couldn't." Or I wanted to do this, but I couldn't. And it's like, were you putting in the work to go pro? Or were you just saying this so people feel bad for you, right? No, no, but that's but that's the society we live in. No, I know. And it's so, like like I said, I want to be clear. I didn't quit because of my concussions. I was a fucking quarterback. And I quarterbacks don't get hit any time in practice, ever. Like, linebackers get reamed if you touch a quarterback yeah. in practice, right? Um and I just want to be clear that I quit just because it was a combination of not digging it anymore, not really into it anymore. Like I said, the school we played at was t- sort of, you know, especially those beginning years, it was tough to play at. And then falling out of love with it a little bit. But then the side product of that was like, you know what, though? I also have these like three or four concussions that fucked me up. And I'm kind of, you know, I'm worried of what what happens going forward with this. And you, yeah. dude, I was there every step of your concussions. Yeah. And like... It, it yeah, well, definitely like, changed you. A little yeah, bit. well, you you watched you watched it change me. I watched it happen um, and from it was, you know first year, bright eyes, smiley. Yeah, you were you like know, a little soft, little soft jonky, little soft, boy. little jonky poo. Yeah, but you were friendly. You were really friendly. Yeah. You're still friendly as yeah. fuck, man. Yeah, you're yeah. still That's like yeah, always been my kind of MO. jonk. Jonk used to take me home for Thanksgiving. Yeah, because I lived so far away. We would go to Thanksgiving. We'd hit up um, Spanky's and Spanky's in Sin City. <laughs> Not uh, Spanky's <laughs> still there. Sin Spank- City's yeah, a Sin different City's bar now, gone. but you know. I remember, yeah, uh, yeah Jonk would take me home. Uh, I would. Li- I just lived too far away, and we usually had football, so it was like what the Monday. Monday we had off. Yeah, we'd go. We pretty much go home for a dinner. Uh, no, we'd go home for a dinner, have a night out. Yeah, have the day off and go back, and then go back for pre- or for whatever it was. Ga- it was Monday, tape, whatever, usually yeah. Monday. Monday. I, th- I think that's actually what it was. I think we had the Saturday Sunday off, and then we went back for the Monday. Yeah, and you did that most of my time there. You yeah, did that for like four, even after football, even yeah, four I think years, three, three or four years. So, but then I saw Jonk. I, I, you know what? I think I changed a little bit too, but I changed a little more subtly. You. Your change was a little more outward. I think. Yeah, mine was very dr- drastic. Yours was a drastic change, and then now you're back. Yeah, I'm I'm le- I'm, of- I'm level headed. Like I have no problem uh, uh, talking about this. Um, I've I felt like through my concussion, through my concussions, and after my concussions, I had changed uh, mentally. I had changed in a sense of. Uh, you know, get get very angry. You got aggressive very yeah, easily. Yeah, very angry, yeah. very aggressive, very quickly. Very quickly. So my mood would change dr- drastically yeah. in an instant. Um, and, you know, that's scary. That's very scary and that, you know, it, it's it's uh, it's uneasy. It doesn't, like, and I don't think anybody would say that doesn't make them feel uneasy. That's, you, you know, going from having a nice conversation to five seconds to me, you know, yelling at the top of my lungs or something like that, right? Like it's scary right yeah i my change happened more like i'm not i'm not an outwardly like aggressive person in general but my change happened subtly to the like i had really weird like light sensitivity shit like having to go outside with sunglasses when it wasn't even sunny that you know that kind of it was that was weird and then i had like i don't want to call it memory loss but i want to call it like the memory slowed down a little bit you know what i'm saying like it's not like you forgot things, but just the time it took for you to 
rewind and figure out and get your bearings took a, a little bit longer. Yeah. You know what like, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so, like, you put your keys down, and rather than just be like, oh, yeah, I put my keys down yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. That actually took a long time it, to be like, well, Wait, where are my here? fucking keys? Yeah. And then, then you actually can kind of figure out, oh, okay, that's where, like, that's where they are. But, yeah, it definitely took longer. It took longer. It's not like I forgot. It just, I put, it, that's a perfect example because it still happens where you put your keys down. And I, I distinctly remember it being worse closer to when I had these concussions. But you put something something down and then you'd turn away for a second and you'd go back and go, what the fuck was I looking for? Yeah, I mean. Like, oh, shit. My, oh, that's right. And it took you maybe 20, 30 seconds longer to figure out what exactly you were looking for. I had a hard time after those concussions in school because it, it, it was almost like I just, I couldn't keep up anymore. Man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like for me, for school. So when I was in elementary school, high school, whatever. Okay. Um, I was in French immersion. I was in advanced placement English. I did very well with my academics. Yeah. Um, like, you know, either high 80s, 90s. But the thing was, is that I didn't overly apply myself. Yeah. I, I could read something once, remember it. And good to I, go. And, and I'm set for the, exactly. the test 100%. Yeah. Yeah. doesn't matter. I know everything. Um, the, uh, I could study for something like 30 minutes before I wrote it. And I would know everything. Once again, high mark. Once my concussion... Like, you can even look at my high school grades as the years went by. Yeah. They get lower and lower and lower and lower. And I went to summer school to increase my average so I could get an academic scholarship when I went to university. But if you still look at my grades, they go down, 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 down as my concussions went up, 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 up. Yeah. Because uh, in my high school system, I was pretty much used as a battering ram. Um, and, you know, that was what they wanted to use me for, unfortunately. Um, but... Even when I got to university, you know, you know, studying was harder. Like I couldn't do it as well. And now being out of that, I've, you know, since that at university, I've gone to two colleges and another university where I've uh, received a diploma and a degree. Jonks educated. Yep. He's on the path now, everybody. <laughs> Finally, I've made it. Go. He's uh, there, man. Seven years, four post-secondaries. Do something about it. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know. Four years, seven <laughs> Yeah. Seven years, four <laughs> institutions. He's got it. We now. made it. We, we made, made it. it. We made it. Um, <laughs> but I can tell you that from how I used to study to how I study now is very different. Like before, as I said, I could just look at something or read something one time and I remembered it and it was just locked. Now I have to sit down and study for hours on end just to remember one section. I got to keep doing that over and over and over. So before where I felt like I was, I was made for university, very yeah. theoretical, yeah. very, Oh, I can just talk about this, blah, blah, blah. Whereas then after my concussions, then I went to college, which was a little bit more hands-on, yeah. Yeah. which then I in turn started working as a personal trainer and managed a gym for three and a half years, which was great, but it was a different type of, um, you know, a type of uh, learning and, you know, just a way I, I thought of education because I used to be the, oh, I'm going to be sitting in an office nine to five doing this. And, um, you know, that's what I'm, not not a drone, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. I was yeah. I was set up for that kind of path to to be very uh, you don't get the office job and all that. And 
I ended up, you know, going to more of a practical use, you know, doing personal training, coaching, uh, you know, more sports specific, like football training and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, um, it's, uh, it's, it's good. You know what I mean? It's, it's my path. It's been yeah, my, it's yeah. my journey. My journey is going to be different than everyone else's. Like you said that your concussions triggered the aggressiveness. Yeah. My, oh, very, very. And I was there for that. Yeah. My, my concussions triggered the, I don't know what you want to call it. Like the fucking, like the just warping out of reality for a minute and forgetting where you are. But an, another thing that I don't like that still sticks with me is that, and maybe you feel the same way. Everything feels dull. You see what, but, but, but not dull in the sense of like, I'm depressed, not like that, but dull is in the sense of like, I distinctly remember when I was 18 and, and, uh, even 19, 20, whatever, everything just seemed brighter and more fun. And there was more, I guess, hope. And then after the concussions, post concussions, it just felt like everything was, was, and now I'm, I mean, it's at the point now where that's how I feel is real life. And I'm able to go. You know, life. You know, life's pretty good, dude. You're up. You're you're living. You can talk yourself into it. But I feel like everything is sort of like this weird melancholy. I think you know that, what I'm saying. I, I think that becomes because it's the loss of being an athlete. It's the loss of the sport. It's you think I, so? I, I think so because you, you know you said you had all this hope and everything. Well, the hope included playing a sport at a you know an elite institute. Uh, you know, at university and which is, you know, an esteemed thing in itself, even to be a practice squad guy, you know, there's only so many guys from each town that have done that. Sure. Totally. So, you know, even uh, the loss of that, I think that that you say it dulls it out. Well, for me, my whole goal was to get to university football. So when university football ended abruptly, I didn't know what to do with myself. Sure. Yeah. Like, don't, it, it's one thing, it's one thing, as, as you said, it's one thing to play out your five years and just be done and say, well, you know, I gave it the best shot I could you, you and, end, I, and I didn't go pro, but that yeah. wasn't the goal. I, you, I played out my years. You end, it, it's going to sound stupid to say, but I'm going to say it anyway, you end almost nobly. Yeah, you do. When you end your five years. Because you, you, it's like your last ride out on the sunset. Like sure. It's, it's and then at that point, you know the 1% of the 1% get to play professional football. Yeah, which and is you not go, a lot of cares? guys. Yeah, so, yeah, you're, you're, not, you're not phased by that because unless you're a specimen of an athlete yeah. or, you know, you got something going for you that keeps you going that, you know, you, know, you win a lot of championships and you're a grinder or whatever. But for the most part, that's that's not real life. Real life is gonna happen to you when football's just done, and you, you know you get a real job or <laughs> or you have to like you have to attack life without this game attached to you. Well, yeah, because yeah, you, the the person you were, you're the big athletic sure. jock, let's say, and you know you were you know the big man on campus, but then guess what? Campus is gone, and you're just. A big man. You're just a big man in the world now. Now you're just a guy. You're just a guy. Now you're just, just another a guy. guy. No, another fella. Oh, just a guy. Just another guy. Just a guy walking down the street that just seems to be a little bit taller and have bigger shoulders sure. than other people. And it's hard to bring that back to light. You know what I mean? That's hard to um, sw- swallow that pill and just uh, move on. Don't get me wrong. Some people are just very competitive people and they move on in like, you know, a month and they're, you know, whatever else they're doing, they want to be the best at that. Sure. And they're back and, at and it. You yeah. know what? That's great. That's good for people with those motors. But for most people, I think 
when you have such a, a, a monumentous thing, you know, like so playing at a, a university and that ends, you don't, you don't know what to do. A lot of people, I think, fall off into the party scene and be more social, do things that they, they weren't going out drinking and, and yeah. seeing people. Yeah. Because why not? You know what I mean? They don't have, it's not like they got to wake up for practice now. It's not like they're yeah. monitoring everything that they, they were eating for food. Like, you know what I mean? Every, like life changes, right? It becomes like becomes more relaxed in that sense. But I think it's hard to find direction direction in that relaxed state. Totally. I 100% agree. And I, and I, when I look over my five years, we'll call it, because I was in university, I think I was in school for, f- yeah, 2010 to 2015. I was in school for five years. And I look over that five years and I go, I'm kind of happy that it ended in 2012. Because at that time, that's when I started doing my video stuff like full time. Like it was like getting to a point where it was a job and I was paying my rent with this shit and I was paying groceries. And I'm happy that I found something else that I can I can uh, I can donate my time to. And there's a lot of people that don't have that. There's a lot of people that that spent so much time playing a sport and not realizing what they like outside of that sport. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, well, no, man. It I, took like, you a while to get into coaching. Yeah. Well, like, you know well, what I, mean? well I, had, I had coached during playing, and then I started coaching my second year, after my second year of university. So when I was done football, that's when I started. 2012, I started really coaching. And... Uh, sorry, what did, what did you... What did you I, was say, I was saying how... I was fortunate enough to to find something oh, else. Oh, find to put something my time else. Yeah, in. yeah. I, I think that I think the tough thing is is that you put so much time into the sport, mm-hmm. you start to you know get rid of everything. So like my my rep team, yep. They used to make us sign contracts. Now the contracts weren't actually like legal contracts, <laughs> but they get you to sign contracts that you won't do any. You play any other sports. What's, or, what was this for? This was for what? Football, OVFL. Like, uh, Peterborough made you sign. Not Peterborough, Oshawa. They made you sign a contract. Yeah, it Holy wasn't. It shit. wasn't like a serious. Like it no, wasn't no, a serious. Yeah. Thing. But yeah. as as a sixteen year old, yeah, yeah, I yeah. took it very seriously. Totally. So yeah. it was. You know, you weren't going to play other sports. So after grade ten, I stopped playing all other sports other than in my grade twelve year, um, trying to get an athletic award. I didn't get. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, it's I know. okay, John. Thanks, thanks, buddy. <laughs> Um, but you know, and I stopped snowboarding. I used to, I used to ski and snowboard since I was like six years old and I did it, you know, for a decade, I was close to becoming an instructor for snowboarding and I got hurt in football and then this contract came out and then I just, uh, I just stopped snowboarding and I still haven't snowboarded to this day. Um, so almost a decade removed. Yeah. Well, I mean can't quit shit you like oh no i know but i did that's what i'm saying yeah i'm saying like it 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 had me to uh it had me to uh just that point where uh you you uh you deal with it but also too like i had made i had made that decision for myself to stop doing those things and closer yeah yeah, it was just uh 
at the time, it, it uh, made sense to me, right? It, I'm I'm someone, I'm, I'm an all-in type person, mm. you know? You either get 100% or you get yeah, 0%. You yeah. So if you if you get it all and you're lucky enough, you know, <laughs> um, it's something that I'm going to put my time into. You know, you put your, got to put your time into your craft, whatever it is. 100%. That's, that's true, man. That's super true. And that's why I would say to anyone who's, because I think what we're talking about now, there's so many people that are that are in this boat that 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 well maybe not anymore because we've been removed from it. But there's a lot of people who had to quit a sport and they feel that emptiness. You know what I mean? There's it's like something got ripped away from you. And even the guys who went through because we're well we're still buddies with guys who went through the five years and when they quit, it was the same story for them. They still said, "Oh man, I feel like you know." I feel like I, I, you know, something. I feel like a piece of me has been gone. It's like, yeah, it, it will feel like that. Yeah, you know what I mean. But at the same time, and and uh, it sounds depressing to say. And and one of my friends told me this once. He's like, that, that's a sort of a depressing thing to say. But at some point, you have to do something else, right? Most people aren't going to be professional athletes, so you have to do something else. And I'm not saying I was ever. Oh my God, I was never going to be a professional. Nor did I really want to be a professional athlete but i found something else to do to 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 bury my time into which was this stuff and now i'm doing it full time which is sort of dope i i think it's dope i think what i make is dope i think what i do is pretty fucking cool <laughs> junk it's pretty cool junk junk <laughs> is the same way though junk like junk like junk had a tough time with it and then now he's a now he's a coach and now all of his time is dedicated towards yeah. coaching and you know what and, and it's you're right because you uh you you take your time and effort and the work ethic and the organizational skills and the prep skills and the sacrifice, uh, the sacrificing things and the commitment aspect, everything we learned from football, you just plug it then into, goes into something else. And, and you yeah. do, you do, you know, very well with, with taking a football mindset to real life stuff. If you just so. take, take that same mindset, of 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 what you had with football or whatever it is volleyball hockey whatever the fuck your sport was and you just apply it to that that thing that you like doing outside of sport even if it's coaching you apply it to that you're going to you're going to end up attacking it the same way you attacked your sport yeah you know go all in baby 100% find, do something else, something else like like coaching for me you know what i mean it ke- it keeps me close to the sport i think a lot of former athletes they get involved in coaching and it, it's and a it, great it, thing it to get in keeps you involved in the sport you feel just a part of the team is all yeah. and the bigger thing is is that as a coach you notice how much you have an effect on the team so if you want to do well well then you're going to press your team to do well and you're going to prepare them to do well and you're going to make them sacrifice you're going to make them commit you're going to do everything that you did as a player and you now you're you're putting it on new athletes as their coach and i think that's why so many former athletes coach obviously yeah totally um you know but at at the same time you don't just have to do that with coaching you can do that with anything else it could be art it could be film it could be writing it could be anything it could, yeah it could be anything, accounting yeah. it could be um teaching of- it could be it could be anything your heart desires realistically find what you're passionate about and for lack of better words exploit it like enjoy enjoy what you're passionate about and you know uh find yourself in different avenues of interacting with it yeah no that's a, a super good point just find something else Take take what you want to do and, and, and use the same work ethic you had 
And I had a I had an actor here actually who uh, Roly. Remember Roly? He coached at York actually when when uh, oh man it was 2014. You were gone. You weren't there. Um, Roly was a coach and he turned himself into an actor. And that's what he that he applied the same work ethic to uh, as football because he was a dope football player. Yeah, he was a good football player at U of T. And he applied it into into uh, into acting, and now he's an actor. He's in Budweiser commercials, and he's doing all this crazy shit. And it's the same. And he says that he even says it off. I, he didn't say it on the podcast, but on his own, he was just like, "Dude, I, I apply the same effort." It's kind of like that's all you have to do. It's not depressing. It's not shitty to talk about. You know, one percent of, of of athletes end up being pro. You can do something else. Figure it out. Whatever you want to do, fucking figure it out. We did it. Took you a little longer, Junk. I love you. Yeah. Took you a while. Well, no, yeah, because I, because I, because I didn't, I didn't. No, yeah, no, I didn't know tough. what to do. No, yeah. When, when, when I remember, I remember walking back to our house at Four Boke, mm-hmm. and I was walking back, and I had just been told football was done forever, yeah, and my university career at the time was done, and I had no clue what to do yeah man and i was walking back and i was just walking in the house you weren't there i called you and i was like i don't know what to do i was like what do i do i was like my whole life's been based on getting to university and playing football here and both and both those things are just done now i was like what do i do and then you were like oh well you know you could take something similar in like college maybe like a fitness whatever blah 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 and I started looking that, and then that was the next thing, you know what I mean? And then I started, and I went to Humber College and for fitness and health promotion, and that was the next venture. But the thing was, is that at that single, like at that at that one moment, I remember calling my mom too and crying on the phone, yeah. saying, "I don't know what to do. Like this tough, is this man. is this it's is ev- this is everything I've worked for yeah. is to get to this moment, and this moment is gone now." So what do you like? It what, ended what before am I gonna it really. Do? It ended before, like, not to be depressing, but it ended before it really started. No, it did. It did because yeah. you know what I mean. I because I was a firm believer that you know third year is when I wanted to be playing yeah. and all that and all the other stuff was just you know you kind of work your way up the ranks and all that, and it was really tough to not be able to get that chance, you know, to yeah. to act, to live that out. Cause you, cause you don't get that back football. I always say this football is very finite. Like it's only, it's only a small fraction of your life. Very small. L- lucky people play yeah. it for a long time, but most people don't. Most people usually play in high school and they always have those great memories of high school football and whatever. Our head coach at our university used to say there is no men's league. There is a men's league, but it's, it's not something you really want to be. A no, part of. it's, it's, it's you, you can't play, play men's you, league you, football. You play like high school or rep, and then you get to university, and the real good guys go on to the pros. And but after university football, that's pretty much when real life sets in, and it's like, okay, well, I had a great time playing football, and it was great being this guy at the high school and university level. But now it's time to figure out what you're doing with the rest of your life, and. You know that hits a lot. A lot of people hard. It hit me hard. Um, it, it hits um, it's a lot of people. Yeah, hard, like man. you know, and some people. But as I said, like some people just have that competitive, uh, that competitive personality where they just want to keep going. So it doesn't matter what the next thing is, and that's good. And it's good to have that. It, it's it's great. But for the people out there that don't have that, you you have to know that it's like it's gonna suck for a bit. <laughs> 
but you've you've you you find out who you are after that, and you you latch on to something, and you know what it'll probably be the best decision, and you're just gonna work work you know so hard towards you know being successful in that light, and that's uh you know that that that's the idea that I guess that's that's what we do as life we we progress through anything so I, as I said just uh perfect your craft work on your craft doesn't matter what it is yeah. just just work on what you enjoy and your passion will show through it <sighs> couldn't have said it any better john i know right that's very <laughs> philosophical and yeah. then on that segue too we've been talking a lot of real shit like some depressing stuff not depressing no, but like just real, real real life talk real life talk let's fucking switch the gear a little bit <laughs> So me and John didn't dress. Okay, if you guys haven't figured it out by now. Yeah, we didn't dress. We, <laughs> we didn't. We, we, we really we only were there. Two we years. were at all yeah. team activities. All team activities, and uh, so every <laughs> every Friday, uh, they would have the non dresser lift, and that was sort of the punishment for not dressing. But like Jonk was a cor- running back on a deep. There was a deep, deep like, I think that year that what every running back was in their fourth and fifth year. Yeah. I was a quarterback. Like there was no chance of us seeing the field whatsoever. So they would have these Friday morning lifts, and uh, <laughs> a bar called On the Rocks would have something called three dollar Jaeger pops. OTR baby, <laughs> OTR. So, so uh, one time, and this is the fun part of of playing ball. Like this is the shit that like you're, you're there with your buddies and you're doing fun shit. And maybe it's not working out for you on the field, but this is the kind of stuff that gets you through it. Team builders. And these are team building shit. So we had a we had a buddy, and unfortunately we lost. We sort of Belly, if you're listening to this, I we still fucking love you, man. But, love you, Bellardine. But like, <laughs> but like, so Belly had a had a blood clot in his first year. He tore his ACL. He had a blood clot in his knee, and it ended up getting lodged in his arm. And uh, we didn't know this, so we would work out every Friday because he wasn't dressing, but he still had to work out. So his arm would balloon to like what four times the size of yeah, his, like <laughs> not like it doesn't look good. It did you, look you, good. You, you look at it, you're like, I think you should go to the hospital, yeah, bro. Dude, like, we're like, yo, dude, you should probably go to the hospital. And Billy would be like, nah, I'm good, I'm all right. So we would have these non-dresser lifts, and a bar called On the Rocks would have three dollar Jaeger bombs. So one night, me and John got. Obliterated. <sighs> obliterated. The word, the word he's looking for is obliterated. We got f- dis- obliterated, <laughs> and we had to show up to one of these Friday non-dresser lifts, and we had to do stairs. Yeah, we ran uh, the stairs in... Uh, in Stong. Or not Stong. Not Stong. Uh, Tate McKenzie. Tate McKenzie. And uh, everyone's laughing now because like, well, no wonder why you guys didn't play. We were in our first year. We were, in, we were enjoying our university. Yeah, it was tons of fun. Tons of fun. And we got back. What I think, I think, non-dresser lift was at nine a.m. And we got back at like I don't know four, three, and we had to <laughs> run stairs. We were still chock full of Jägermeister. Yeah, I was more booze than I was person. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to run. And if, if anyone who's ever been to the school, the uh, what was it? Seven flights? Eight flights? Yeah, the, it was very. It went from the basement all the way to the top, but it, where it went to the top, there was only classrooms up there mm-hmm. for like dance classrooms and stuff like that. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we we had to run up and down the stairs, different types of running. You know, single foot, double foot, um, whatever. 
and we we did it for you know about an we hour. We did it. No, we, we did, did it for it. about an hour. Yeah, we did. And uh, but like I remember, everyone we were running with couldn't breathe because they're like, "There's yeah, yeah. there's no oxygen in this room, and all we can smell is the booze coming off of you guys." And we were just like, you know, still half oh still half in the tank. Trying to be like, oh yeah. no, it's totally no, we got cool. it. No, like, we're getting we're in shape, fuck, guys. Yeah, like we're fucking doing this. <laughs> we're doing it, and oh man, the smell of that hallway. There was no ventilation. No, there wasn't. And you know what? It was just, you know, just a couple it, buds having know, fun. Yeah, man. you just have to get out there and get through it. And you know what? But you know that's the thing. And it's like same thing. Like uh, when we were rookies, we had this thing called Black Friday. Oh yeah. And uh, what happened with Black Friday uh, was tell them about Black Friday. So John. we were, we were supposed to show up and do testing. But, of course, you know, about 15 guys didn't fill out the proper paperwork. That's right. It was paperwork. Yeah. yeah. So they didn't fill out the paperwork. So they had to stand on the side and everyone else, you know, got on the line kind of idea. And we were in the York Field House. So, you know, I would say it's about two basketball. No, no. It was like it was four basketball oh, four courts basketball. long. Yeah. So, so it was pretty. It's it big. It's it a big area. Yeah. Um, and the guys stood on the side and, you know, the guys who didn't get their shit in, who didn't get their stuff in coach Craney would go, what did you do wrong? And then they'd all have sheets and they go, (laughs) I did not go to HTTP, uh, slash, slash, WWW. (laughs) And they'd go off and they'd read it and they say they didn't fill out their forms. They'd blow the whistle and we'd do suicides. We did suicides for about two hours. That was our first introduction. That was yeah the first introduction of football. Um, first like team interaction and we ran Sueys for two hours. And then after that, um, we ran, um, we jogged like the, uh, the, uh, what is it? the perimeter yep. of the gym. And every time you blew the whistle, you did 20 setups and 20 pushups. And that was like, so that was two and a half hours of my life. And I remember going back to my, dorm room not really knowing anybody yet and yeah. calling mom and dad and be like I, I don't know if i could do this uh, like you know what i mean you're just like but, you're, you're so you're, you're fucking yeah oh my god that was well but that, that's a but that's that's a mental toughness thing yeah that that yeah, that's yeah. not that's how you beat adversity is you just get through things like that and you're like oh it can't be that fucking bad like i got through that yeah like because like for one. me man for one. me getting through black friday means that i can do anything anything I could do anything, anything my pretty little mind thinks of. That yeah, that was a huge day, and I thought that was what university football was. Yeah, was well, because I thought that was after that moment. I thought every day was going to be that. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, every, I thought every single day was, and I figured like any. I was like, I was like everyone I talked to said university football is all like schemes. It's all. There's very little conditioning because there's just no time because everything is regulated. And then we did black flat. Black Friday, and I, I said to myself, this is, this is fucking crazy. Um, our first year, um, the head coach did not bring the recruiting class in. Yeah, so yeah. so Ish, yeah. every single person was very expendable. <laughs> mm. So the way it worked Super is... Super duper expendable. Yeah, so if you missed a workout, you couldn't train again. And this is the offseason, which you had... You had five lifts a week... Two two sprint sessions a week and one practice a week. So you had eight team activities to be at a week. And if you missed one, then you had to speak to the head coach. Well, he's out recruiting. No one's talking to head coach right now. So if you're talking to head coach, it's bad. Um, and 
Yeah. So yeah, you never you never wanted if you missed anything, you were in shit. You might as well not show up the next day because you're done. Um, so the whole thing was, is everyone had to stay on everybody's ass about being at everything. And, you know, people have personal stuff going on, but you would have to be on everybody. You would literally go to somebody's room and drag them out just to get them to practice because if they didn't, well, then they weren't going to be there anymore. Yeah. And, and that, that now I think that like bonded a lot of us together, but I think, but I think, but I think that tried a lot of people too. And that really rubbed people the wrong way yeah because when we came in too we played with a lot of older guys because the that new rule hadn't gone in so we played with like oh, i remember yeah that's right that's i remember playing point. with like yeah. uncle or whatever yeah. his name yeah, was yeah, and he was yeah, like yeah. 30 years old yeah and it was just that yeah that so there was a rule that there was no age rule at that time was there no, no that's the rule no yeah. no like so you had five years of eligibility but you, it didn't matter when you played them so in previous years like the average age on the university winning Vanier Cup team was more than the professional Grey Cup team. It was thirty. Yeah, yeah I think like, average age was like thirty. Yeah, it was. It was. It was like two or three years older than the pro team, and everyone was like, "Oh, how does that make sense?" Whatever. So, but but that was the thing. Like, because our first year we played Laval preseason scrimmage game. Well, we sorry we had we had inter squad training a day, and then we had a, a game, a preseason game against them exhibition, and. Uh, even even the the backups, all the backups were like 23, 24. All the guys that were playing were like 28, 29. And you're just like, this this was just nuts. So then they put in uh, the grandfather rule where now you have to play. So when you graduate high school, you have seven years to play your five years of yeah. eligibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what I mean? So theoretically, yes, you can be a rookie at 23, but you have two years left to play, most likely. Yeah, that, and that's... That's fair. No, it's to- like it, fair. no, it's totally fair. But I'm just saying it's hilarious that before it wasn't. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Like I remember being like a 19 year old kid playing with 30 year old men. Yeah. And you're doing one on ones with them and stuff. Maybe and not like, 30, but like mid, like uh, mid to late 20s. There was no one third. Them. There was some people that were 30. DB. There's a 30 year old. There was a 30 year old DB on our team. Damn, and that was in 2010. So he's 40 now. Yeah. When we were wide eyed. Children walking in there, grown grown men, just you know, and I I remember like a couple of the guys we played against were older, and uh, uh, especially this in our first year, and a couple guys that were older that were like linebackers that you could tell were just on juice for like the last four years. Yeah, big dudes. And you're just like, okay, I'm gonna block you on a one on one drill, and I'm just a child that's been squatting for the last three years. Good luck. Let's go. This guy's been you know you know powerlifting since he was you know. Since, since since I was in diapers. Yeah, and but like then that's also too when they had like three a day practices. There was no regulate was there reg- I don't know, that's why when when we when we were in first year they had regulated it. I, I don't know if we could have two practices a day, but the way we did it is we had two back to back practices. Oh, the power practice. Yeah, and then yeah. we'd have a chocolate milk in between. Yeah, we did and come sit down for fifteen minutes and then go back out and practice. Yeah, I think it was like half an hour we would sit we would we would uh we practice for I think the first practice was yeah, but two wa- hours. Wa- walk in ten minutes, walk out ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're, I didn't you're, mind that actually. No, a lot no. Of, a lot of other teams had the old like seven eight seven to nine meetings and then five or uh, four to six or whatever five yeah. to whatever. Yeah, but the thing is, is that at least with that, it kind of breaks up the day. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the you had the like realistically a four hour practice. 
and you're shot and then you're sitting in meetings and no one's home because you haven't had a real meal yet. Sure. And yeah. we, you're going to have to go eat shitty food right after that anyways. Yeah. Just so you can eat. I mean, that's why it was the best being a quarterback because it was like, especially a backup, man. I didn't yeah. have to get hit. I didn't have to, <laughs> I didn't have to get fucking anything. What? Fourth He's, string. Yeah. Man, fucking plush life over there. <laughs> and usually, the best part dude, was... Dude, the, the, one, the one day I was counting how many times you threw balls in practice and you threw like two balls in practice. Well, it, it, two balls in like Skelly, but like we would do an indie drill. No, 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 no. In, yeah. in, indie, yeah. But I mean, I mean like actually like, oh, for, like anything else. Oh, fuck no. I'd probably throw three balls a day. Yo, this is, this is, <laughs> so, this is very off topic. But I remember yeah. one time Tassone and I were running Skelly and he was a quarterback and I was the running back and we were running, I think, five wide. And, uh, and... He looked at me. He's like, yo, he's like, this is the future. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, I was like, yeah, boy. And then I take the fake handoff, run the little flat route. And, but it was just one of those things where I was like, little did they know. A little did they later, know. We'd, we'd yeah, we wouldn't be playing fucking, anymore. No, we'd just be there. You'd just be, you'd just be <laughs> on the sideline. Taking up space. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, another jacket they got to give out. <laughs> so we'll end it off here. Yeah. So what I want to what I want you to tell the people, all the people that are out there aspiring to be coaches, aspiring to make a living in the sports realm, whether it's coaching or personal training or whatever, throw down a couple pieces of advice that people can listen to Jonk, who's made it, who's made through some dark times and some concussions and having to re, you know, reevaluate himself uh, mm-hmm. through sport. Jonk, what would you say to people who are aspiring to do what you do? Give them some advice. Give them some direction. Well, well, the biggest uh, piece of advice I, I received when I was dealing with my concussions with my osteopath, uh, Angela Greco, she always told me to trust the unknown. So you're not going to always know what's going to happen in every, every scenario, every situation you get yourself into. You know, you're going to have adversity. There's going to be things that don't go right. Things aren't meant to always go properly. So if things go wrong, don't panic. Just trust in the unknown, go with the flow, trust your instincts, and you'll make it out. And you always do. And when you beat that adversity, you grow from that. And, you know, once you do something like that, you can get past the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Because there's always going to be things, you know. Life is what happens when we're busy making other plans. Remember that. That's just something where, you know, things aren't always going to be flush. There's always going to be moving parts. But what you need to take is control the situation and do what you need to do to make it better. Now, for those aspiring coaches, uh, trainers, um, anything really, anything you aspire to be, just put time into your craft. The only person that can get better at what you want to do is yourself. So put the time into reading manuals, into taking online courses, taking workshops, taking new things that are different for you. It's okay for them to be different. You don't need to know everything. That's why we take these shops and we learn more. You're not always going to be right. So be prepared to say, I don't know to someone. It doesn't matter even if you're the professional. Sometimes you don't have all the answers and you need to confer with other professionals or things along those lines. Just the big thing is, is that whatever you enjoy, whatever you're passionate about, just keep working at it. And, you know, someday, you know, maybe it, maybe it becomes something profitable as a job. 
Maybe it's not, but you're still always going to have that passion. And passion is something that people chase their entire lives and never, never get. So if you find something that you're passionate about, just enjoy the moment. Be passionate about it. Enjoy it. Remember, it's the same thing for coaching football. Why do I coach football? Because football was fun. Yes, it's nice to win. Yes, it's good to be competitive. Yes, it's good to run the best schemes and all that. But at the end of the day, it's supposed to be fun. So have fun with it. Enjoy what you do. That's the meaning of life. If you're not having a good time, well, then you're going to need to change it. Enjoy life. That's all I got to say, brother. Joseph Jonkis. Joseph Jonk. Jonkis. It's not J anymore. There you go, baby. Jonkis. Uh, Starving Artist, Volume 6. Thank you very much, John. Oh, no problem. Thank you for having me. See you guys next time.